Hey, Gracie, how are you? Hi, Rick. I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Glad we could have this little chat. Absolutely. Me too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rick, so I noticed that in your leadership model, you have a great tagline, which is grounded towards growth. Right. Yeah. I love the alliteration there. Yeah. And I was curious what that really means to you and where it came from. Absolutely. No, thank you. Yeah. So let me start with the second half of that equation, growth. Sure. And and so what I've realized is so much of the work that I'm doing here at Vistage, but really throughout my career, it's about growth. It's about both personal growth and business growth. Sure. And what I've realized is that when I when I when I look at my career in Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies, there's uh, the role of senior leadership. Whether you're at three billion or thirty billion is not all that different. But when you're looking at going from a startup to a um, a small business to becoming a medium-sized business, that is exponential growth. And the ch organizational change, the leadership change necessary to make that is is just tremendous and really quite exciting. And I've had a great time learning about that and working with my um, members. Um, in in their personal growth as CEOs as their business has grown, you know I think one example of that is the um, um, in the in the in the accounting space. So typically you start with a bookkeeper, maybe even part time, and evolve to an accountant, perhaps then to a controller, and eventually you recognize the need to have a CFO. Right. So when does that take place? When does that need occur? Same thing on the operational side. You know, oftentimes the CEO is doing the operational work. Um, and then you finally get a lead. And then finally, ah, I think I need a vice president of ops. And then perhaps even a number two or a COO to be managing the day-to-day. Um, another big area is business development. So uh, initially, oftentimes the CEO is doing the business development, and then they bring people on to help with writing and drafting proposals, reaching out, building relationships, doing the sales, and eventually get a chief business development officer. So it's this growth of the business and, and what is required to grow as a CEO in that role and as a C-suite. So what keeps you grounded, Rick? Where does that oh. come from? That's very oh. brings up a lot of striking imagery. Right, right. The first half of the of the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you a story. So back in 2013, I uh left uh healthcare and um started consulting. Uh, I worked with a couple of groups. One was in Palo Alto. We formed a small consulting firm. And the other was um, an organization in Arlington, Virginia called Healthy Companies International. And uh, I had a great, great opportunity to work with Bob Rosen and Jim Matthews at, uh, at Healthy Companies. And my timing was such that uh, Bob was just about to publish his uh, new book, called Grounded. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, early in my tenure there, it was really exciting because I'd walk in and and they would be, uh, you know, graphic designs up on the wall uh, for different titles of options for the book. And and uh, a lot of really interesting conversation that I was able to sit in on, on choosing the title for this book and why. Mm. Um, but I think just as importantly is the subtitle, 
which is how leaders stay rooted in an uncertain world. And so when you think about 2013 and, and the disruption that was occurring in 2013, and compare that to the disruption we've had today and what we've had in the last, you know, since 2013, sure. it's, it's just, it's increased and it's probably growing. And so um, when, when Bob chose the title Grounded, um, it really, it really spoke to me, and it became um, um, something that that really stuck with me in terms of what is it, what is it we're doing with individuals, with leaders. Um, it's to help them become a more holistic, rooted, grounded person and leader to really know where they're coming from, and to and to know how to support others and support their customers and support their their organization. You know, so what's underneath that? So really what's underneath that is what Bob calls the healthy leader model. And the, a lot of the work that uh, I was doing with Bob and his team at that time was working with individual leaders and corporations around understanding six core dimensions to being a healthy, grounded leader. Um, and this is based on Bob's research, and, and, and he found six areas. One is physical, physical well-being, emotional well-being, intellectual curiosity, social well-being, vocational clarity around your vocation, and then spiritual health, spiritual well-being. So it's really about building out these six dimensions as an individual and, and providing the space and support for your people in your organization to, to be holistic, healthy people, which leads to holistic, healthy leaders, which will lead to holistic, healthy organizations. You know, if you've not gotten a copy of Bob's book, Grounded, and his most recent book called Conscious Leader, I, I would suggest you, you take a look at it. So, you know, what's that mean for me and my work and yeah. my Vistage? Um, so, so, you know, I think Grounded Toward Growth is just that. You know, working with leaders, working with my CEO members to be, be really become the best leaders they can be, to become the best of who they are. I'm wondering if there is a specific piece of advice that you have given to your CEOs to help them work towards being rooted in disruption. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah. So when I'm working with my CEOs, um, a framework that I share the very first meeting that, that we have is one that I have found particularly useful um, around that individual growth and development. Mm. And it's, it's an analogy. It's a term that, that came from Ron Heifetz. He's a professor up at Harvard and he and Marty Linsky wrote an article. Oh gosh, it's been a few years now called get on the balcony. Um, I have just found the analogy that they use in that article to be really helpful for my CEOs. And uh, what, what it's about is, is really um, the definition I use for what is executive coaching. So um, when people ask me, Rick, what is this coaching stuff all about? Uh, I, I describe it as it's, it's really about you and I together 
going from the dance floor to the balcony to have a conversation as we watch you dance on the floor. And sometimes we need to go to the second balcony. And when we go to that second balcony, we realize, hey, there's a band over there. And we thought the music was piped in. No, it's live. Mm. Or other other observations about the dance overall. And occasionally we go to the third balcony. And at the third balcony, we can see the entire ballroom and we can see patterns and 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 make make sense of the whole. And so a lot of the work that I do with my executives is to be talking about going from the dance floor to the balcony and having a conversation together as we watch that executive dance on the floor. So what's that about? It's really about self-awareness. And and the and the key is the trick is to be able to be on the balcony and the dance floor simultaneously all the time. It's really about reading those around you and the impact you're having in the moment. And and that's really self-awareness. So that's this notion of get on the balcony that I have to attribute to Heifetz is is really kind of a core concept that that I like to use with all my people. Sounds like a magic trick. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So we've been talking about your grounded towards growth model um, and how you approach individual growth, that idea of getting your CEOs up on the balcony, watch themselves dancing simultaneously. Um, And that way you can identify some strengths, but that strengths can also become your weaknesses. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you. Um, so the the balcony analogy is about self-awareness mm-hmm. and and practicing and becoming aware of yourself in the moment all the time. And so um, what I have found with with strengths, and I'm a big believer in, in strengths-based leadership that that we are far better off to know our strengths and utilize what we're good at than to try and fix the things we're not so good at. Um, and it and it leads to, you know, as a CEO looking at your team, knowing what you're good at, and then building a team around you where those people may have strengths in those areas that are not strengths for you. So so it leads to the leader, individual development to organizational development, which we talked about last time. So it reinforces that as well. But it's, as you look at, at strengths, what I have found is that oftentimes strengths become um, uh, our, our, our limitation. They become our weakness. And, and so I asked, started asking, well, when is that? And, and typically it's when the strength is managing us and we're not managing the strength. And so, and I think that it's just common sense that if you're good at something, you just subconsciously start using it frequently all the time. And and if we're not careful, what happens is that strength becomes a hammer and it's out there looking for a nail. And so a lot of the work I do with my CEOs is to talk about issues, uh, things they're wrestling with, talking about, well, you know, tell me what happened, what's going on and and how they approached it as a leader. And then when I hear that a strength of theirs is what they were using for that issue or opportunity, that's good. That makes sense. But it didn't work. And why didn't it work? And oftentimes what happens is 
The strength is managing them as an individual. They're not managing the strength. We call that a gremlin. So all my all my CEOs know that, um, uh, um, you know, what are my gremlins? What, what are the things I need to be careful of? Because I'm just going to naturally use it, subconsciously use it, and um, and overuse it and not be aware of how it's actually getting in the way with my with the people. So I, I worked with one executive who was very analytical and he did a great job digging down into the into the issue. And so something happened, didn't go well, you know, in the and and the questioning would begin. And they did this really and this is a nice person. But when things didn't go well, boy, and and they called it the, the Grand Inquisition, the kind of the joke around the company. Went, oh, <laughs> Grand Inquisition. And what the individual that I was working with realized is people were shutting down. They were mm-hmm. physically distancing themselves. They didn't want to talk about it. And, and so what he realized is that that strength was overtaking his behavior. And it was actually getting in the way of his objective of finding out what happened. And I'll never forget, they came to one of our uh, monthly one-on-one sessions. And he said, oh, you're not going to believe it. Such and such occurred. I went into my grand inquisition mode and realized, oh, my gosh, these people have just shut down. Their faces are, are, are blank, and they're moving away from me. I stopped, apologized, told them, hey, I'm working on this. You know, I could dig down real deep, but... Rather than that, let me just tell you how much I appreciate you doing what you had to do to overcome this issue. Um, tell me what happened. And he realized 30 minutes later, he didn't ask another question. And they just started talking and explaining what happened. So he his end result was he got more than he ever dreamed of getting yeah. uh, by not having to be the Grand Inquisitor, but by just letting folks speak and um and so that was an example of that person learning that um you know i need to be careful my strength can really get in the way of me being a more powerful leader and then exercising uh judgment around when to utilize it when i do need to drill down in that case or back off so that's just an example (laughs) of strength my version of strength-based leadership we love a gremlin, but don't feed him after midnight. Right. Shove him back in the closet. <laughs> on the sandwich. Yeah. Thanks for asking.